This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Deep South Dining. It's the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. Well, today we're going to see how the holiday cookie crumbles. Also, holiday candy on the menu. So what's your favorite type of cookie during the holiday season? And how do you like to decorate them with icing or maybe sprinkles? Have you ever made gingerbread cookies? Share your comments and experiences with us this morning when you call us. The number's 1-877-MPB-RING. Our phone number is one 672 or send us an email. It's food at mpbonline.org. This is Deep South Dining from MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. It's the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. I'm Kevin Farrell, here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. Well, we're going to see how the holiday cookie crumbles on our show today. Also, holiday candy on the menu. We're asking you what your favorite type of cookie for the holiday season is. And how do you decorate them? With icing or sprinkles? And uh, what about the perfect gingerbread cookie? We're looking for your comments and experiences with us this morning. You can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven. 672-7464, or you can send us an email, food at mpbonline.org. So good morning, Deborah. Hope that you had a good weekend. Oh, good morning, Kevin. I have had an amazingly rainy weekend, but it's been fantastic. Actually, I've had um, some really tremendous things happen to me in terms of acts of kindness, Kevin, that I'm really still trying to wrap my brain around. But I'm going to share just a really quick, simple story. Uh, there's a wonderful gentleman. His name is um, Jim Burrell, and uh, he's um, a staple here in the city of Jackson around Mississippi. He's a, a former restauranteur, and uh, he's mentored many uh, restaurant owners. And he kept saying to me, Deborah, bring me your favorite knife and let me sharpen it for you. Well, my favorite knife, Kevin, is four years old or older. And it looked like it had been through a war uh, because as a novice, you know, I was still learning to use my knife and I had banged it up really bad and I used everything from a slicer to a chopper to a can opener. It was just ridiculous. Uh, but I brought it to him and, oh my God, my knife looks like, uh, it feels like better than it was before. But the lesson for me was, Kevin, no matter how bad you think a situation is, there's always going to be somebody that shows up to help you if you will allow them. And that was just one of the many things that happened to me over the weekend. I had somebody that I just recently met uh, walked up to me and just blessed me beyond my wildest dreams. So it's just been yummy, absolutely yummy. And then I get to see you and my baby Jonas is back because I missed him last week. So I'm a happy girl right now. 
Very good. <clears throat> We're going to be talking about uh, holiday cookies and candy today, and uh, um, I think that's something that uh, I'm sure everybody has a favorite. So if you want to call in and talk about your favorite kind, maybe share a recipe with us, we'd certentlly appreciate that. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464. You can send us an email. It's food at mpbonline.org. Deborah, you brought in a big box of great uh, candy uh, today. You had three things in there. We had some, uh, I think you said it was brown sugar fudge, Mm -hmm. some pecan pralines, Uh and some cheesecake bites. Yay. So let's uh, let's start with the fudge. I, it was so creamy. I mean, that's the uh, to me one of the keys of of a fudge is when you bite into it, it just kind of melts in your mouth and it's very creamy. And so um you had that perfect consistency. So tell us uh, what went into the fudge. Well, Kevin, you know, um and this is what I wanted to say to anybody that's interested in making candy, you know, it's really easy. Don't be scared. Uh, keep the kids out of the kitchen uh, because, you know, it, it, there's a lot of heat that goes into uh, melting down sugar. But I started with the fudge. It's just it's brown sugar fudge. It's just four cups of sugar, Kevin. Uh, it is uh, 12 ounces or one can of uh, evaporated milk and one stick of butter. And you're just going to melt that all down together. You're going to get that temperature up to about uh, 230 to 35 degrees. That means it's going to look like bubbling lava in your pot. And once it cooled down, Kevin, believe it or not, I added in a uh, cup of white chocolate and I stirred that in to kind of, you know, sometimes some recipes call for like fudge, I mean, uh, marshmallow fluff, but I use the white chocolate instead because I like the way that it gives that real velvety feeling to it. You can add in uh, your pecans, you can add in English toffee, you can add in whatever thing that makes you happy after that. I used a um, nine inch square pan, put some um, parchment paper in it, poured it in there, smooth it out really good, and I let it set. And then probably for about 20 minutes on the counter, and then I uh, place it in the refrigerator for about another 20 minutes. But it's super easy. It's really yummy, and it's perfect for the holidays. Absolutely. Um, you mentioned parchment paper, and I guess maybe this time of year uh, with candies and things that that might be a handy grab-a-roll next time you go to the supermarket. Look, I, I have a closet full of uh, wax paper, parchment <laughs> paper, and foil. Literally, there's uh, it's like this. It looks like a shoe closet. Uh, but parchment paper is one of those things that every kitchen should have. Uh, you know, aluminum foil, of course, you know, is that amazing classic that's in everybody's uh, kitchen. And I think I told you I like the press and seal. So when I find that, I get some. But yeah, you know, when you're cooking, you want to have all of those things. Uh, because being organized and making sure that you got everything in order, especially when you're making candy, is really important because you're moving really fast, uh, faster with some than others. If you, you know, making hard candy, you're moving extremely fast. But fudge, uh, you know, I got to slow down just a tiny bit and stir and stir. I said I had my morning workout, Kevin, because I stirred for about 15 minutes. So. <laughs> <laughs> I did my upper arms this morning. You see this flex right here? <laughs> All right. Uh, with the, again with the parchment paper though, if you had a square pan, did you? It was it two pieces or did, did you? I fit? just I cut one piece, uh, Kevin. And what I did was just lightly oil the pan. And once you put the one piece in, if you'll just press it 
it'll just basically just fit really nice into the pan. So just press the bottom out. You know, you can do it with your hands or you can do it with a spatula and then just go up the sides with the parchment paper as well. And it makes it, and I use the parchment paper because if you pour the fudge into uh, just the baker pan itself, it makes it really hard to remove. Uh, and if you, uh, pour it into using foil. Sometimes the foil, you know, will uh, infuse into the candy. Um, if you use a glass container, it may be a little bit easier, but the parchment paper allowed me to just pick it right up, you know, unfold it, there's nothing stuck, and I could cut and slice, and it's really easy cleanup as well. We're talking about holiday cookies and candies this morning. We've got some open phone lines. We'd love to hear from you and add your voice to our conversation, <clears throat> telling us what kind of cookies and candies you like to make or eat at this time of year. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Send an email to food at mpbonline.org. <clears throat> All right, so we made it through the fudge. Let's uh, work next on the uh, the cheesecake bites. And again, great visual presentation. A lot of bright red colors uh, to go along with the cheesecake. And it, it was the the base. Uh, you've got red too. So I'm curious as to how all that came together. Because it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Uh, basically, what happened, Kevin, is it's just a basic brownie recipe. Uh, and what I did was uh, infused some food coloring in it. And what I did was I actually took the red velvet brownie recipe and I just didn't add the cocoa in it because I thought um, Sharita would be here today and she doesn't really care for chocolate. So we we're going to share this with her. But I added the food color in and, and I substituted uh, the distilled vinegar with a little apple vinegar because it actually has a little flavor in it. So it's just one teaspoon, just like the recipe calls for. And... Um, and I started in. And what happens is, is you mix your cream cheese together, which is uh, eight. in this case, in this particular recipe, it's eight ounces of cream cheese. It is a fourth of a cup of powdered sugar. It is uh, some flavoring vanilla in this in this case. And um, you whip that up really, really well together, Kevin. And then you divide your brownie mix into two parts. That's it. And again, I use the parchment paper in my pan because I didn't want this to stick. I wanted it to be really pretty. I pour the first layer into the parchment pan. I, and once I've done that, uh, you just simply layer it with your cream cheese mixture, and then you dollop the um, additional uh, batter on top. If you want to, you can take a toothpick and kind of swirl it and make it pretty, or you can just leave it, which I did. So once it bakes, it makes its own design. It's really cute. It's very whimsical. Allow it to cool, chill it in the refrigerator, pull it out and slice it up into tiny little bites. And it's super yummy. You know, we're <clears throat> almost 16, 17 minutes into the show. and We've not gotten a single call. Now, I, I cannot believe that there aren't anybody. There isn't anybody out there listening that does not have a favorite holiday cookie or candy that they want to talk to us about. Well, of course they do, Kevin. They're calling. <laughs> Don't mess with my babies too bad. They're listening. Everybody's trying to stay dry today and they're going to call and hang out with us because I know that there's some cookie makers out there and I need some great recipes today. That's right. You know, and one of the things I think is fun about this time of year is something that I'm doing is that um, you, you take a recipe that, you know, you like it, but it's like, well, I'm, I think I it might maybe if I put in a different flavor chip or an extra something or whether, you know, to me, this is the fun time of year to take a recipe that might be traditional, but put your own spin on it. And that's what uh, I'm going to do. I, we were talking before the show started. We have a contest every year at our holiday party for who who provides the best dessert. And I've don't mean to brag, but 
I haven't won every year. I'm sure you don't mean to brag, Kevin. You guys could not see the look on his face just then. That was so cheesy. Oh, my God. I've won a few times, not every year. But, but anyway. Uh, I'm sorry. I can't. I just wish everybody could have seen your face just then, Kevin. That was hilarious. So I'm also then looking for suggestions. If you have the winning recipe that I could borrow uh, to, uh, to create the best dessert for our office party, give us a call. Looks like we do have some calls coming in. We need to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll get to those calls, and we'll also talk about uh, the uh, pralines. Uh, we haven't talked about that yet, and those were excellent as well. A lot of good uh, uh, pecans in there. So uh, we need to take a quick break. When we get back, we will have more of Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. <laughs> Support for MPB comes from the University of Mississippi School of Education, offering online master's degrees in elementary education, higher education, and early childhood education. Your master's degree can be earned online in as little as one to two years. More information at education.olemiss.edu. The furnace generates copious quantities of carbon monoxide as it also runs the ventilation fans backwards. Luckily, that's fiction, part of a wave of tech-driven crime novels. My job really is to scare the socks off my readers. I'm Audie Cornish, backdoors to the Internet of Things, bad for us, good for novelists. Later today on All Things Considered from NPR News. Today at 4 on NPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. Today we're talking about holiday cookies and candies. What's your favorite ones? Um, and maybe you have a recipe to share. Uh, before the break, I asked for the cookie lovers to call in, and by golly, we've got a full oh, I love set it. of phone lines here ready <laughs> to go. All of Santa's help was here on the phone. <laughs> so we're going to start first in Gulfport. Reba's on the line. Good morning, Reba. Hey, Reba. Morning, Kevin. Hey, honey. How are you guys doing? Wonderful. What do you have for us, baby? We in our family have a traditional cookie called a Krakoner. Okay. Tell us about it. It's a Swedish shortbread cookie. Oh, wow. But in our family, it is baked over a tin that looks like an elongated horseshoe or an upside-down French bread pan. Okay. So they come out curved, and we always, as children, called them bridge cookies. Mm-hmm. So can you share the recipe with us, or is that a family secret? Oh, 
Uh, actually, I don't have the recipe in the taxi with me at the moment. <laughs> we'll email it to you. <laughs> sure. Uh, email it, if you could, to um, food at mpbonline.org. Tell us a little bit about uh, the, the flavor and, and what goes into it. Well, it, it only has one cup of sugar in it, and if you roll it out right, you can make up to 300 cookies out of that one batch. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. Because we roll it out like you would pie dough, mm-hmm. and it is cut with a crinkle cutter like you would for the edges of your ravioli. Okay. So it's cut into like a, maybe a four-inch by a half-inch strip, laid over this tin and baked, and then has a basic buttercream frosting over the top. Oh, but wow. In, in later years, I have substituted the milk in the recipe with fruit juice. Oh. So oh. I have done it with lemon and... Orange. I did it with Satsuma one year, and you got to cut up a lot of Satsuma juice. <laughs> um, I've done it with for Christmas. I've done it with pomegranate juice, so it comes out pink. Hmm. For my daughter's wedding, we did grape juice, so it came out to match the bridesmaids' dresses. Oh wow! Wow. <laughs> Uh, and as early as July, they were at my niece's wedding, and my brother made it with green frosting to match their color scheme. All right. That's fantastic. Uh, tell us the name of the cookie again, if someone might want to Google it and see if they could give it a go. It's called a Krikoner. Okay. Krikoner. And you said it was a Swedish uh, cookie. I, it's a Swedish shortbread cookie. All right. Hey, thanks for the call. That sounds really good, and and I love the way that they got so creative with it, with the different juices oh and the and the uh, things to match dress colors and such. My brain is so warped, Kevin. All I kept thinking was, wouldn't that end an economic crisis if you could just take one dough and roll out three hundred <laughs> cookies? I mean, you know, my bank account just increased enormously. <laughs> uh, next, we've got Cynthia calling in from Paris. Good morning, Cynthia. Hey, Cynthia. Good morning. Good morning. I was going to tell you my husband's famous tea cake recipe. Oh, wow. It is delicious. He learned from his grandmother. Okay. You use two cups of self-rising flour, three-fourths cup of sugar, one stick of melted butter, two eggs, and one teaspoon of vanilla. And you can replace the vanilla with, like, any flavoring you want it to taste like. Mm -hmm. And then he cooks them at 350 degrees, and you can add pecans, or you can make a little thumbprint in them and add a jelly or jam of your flavor in there. And they are the best. Oh, my goodness. My grandmother used to make tea cakes, and I, you know, it's it's just something about those memories, Kevin, that just last forever and ever and ever. And the fact that her husband is sharing his—did you say his grandmother's or his mother's recipe? His grandmother. Isn't that amazing? Hmm. Oh my gosh. Cynthia, thanks for the call. Those uh, sound good. And again, uh, that's you know kind of the basic thing, and then you can build to it, as she said, uh, put a little jelly in there, Aww. or maybe you know some other little topping on there to make it extra special. So, uh, thanks for that call. We've got one other caller to get to uh, for now, and that's Don, who's uh, driving through Corinth this morning. Hello, Don. Hey, good morning, Don. Hey. Good morning. What do you have for us today? Oh, happy holidays to you. Happy you. holidays to you as well. I listen to your show every Monday. Yay! <laughs> Thank you. Oh, my favorite cookie is the oatmeal raisin cookie. Oh, boy. That's a good one. And I um, 
I, I make some cookie dough because when we were young, they didn't encourage the guys to bake as much as we should have. <laughs> <laughs> so I learned to cook. I, 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 I danced around baking. I never got around baking, so I just used the cookie dough. <laughs> I, I wonder, some people eat the cookie dough out of the package before they cook it. The directions say, do not, do not eat raw. Is that a safe health hazard? Uh, well, one of the reasons that you're not encouraged to eat raw doughs of any kind, whether it's cookie dough or cake batter, is because of the egg content. Uh, and and so it's, you know, kids have been doing it forever. I'm guilty. <laughs> it's not, you know, a little little pinch of cookie dough here, there, you know, or even folding some in, into a vanilla ice cream. You know, I've done that before, but the suggestion is not to do that because you you don't want to take the risk of, um, you know, getting sick because you're, you know, enjoying a yummy treat. So go ahead and cook those cookies up and bake them up really good and then fold them into your ice cream or whatever it is that you're doing. <laughs> I, I will do that. I just always have wondered: uh, can you, do you go against the directions? Is it, is it, is it safe, or is it just a hoax? And uh, they just told you that to. Uh I think it's one of those where it's being safe. It's I, I, you know I don't think we have rashes of people you know dying from it, but I think just just to be on the safe side, they recommend not doing. But as Deborah said, you know a, a bite here or there, I don't think would hurt anybody. No, because you know you know usually when I'm cooking, you know um, at some point I'm going to taste my dough and I'm going to taste my batter because in in my baker's mind that reflects what the end product is going to taste like. I think it's terrible to be a cook and not taste your food while you're cooking it. So, but having a little bite of cookie dough here and there is fine, but I wouldn't sit and just eat the cookie dough because you don't want to take the risk of getting sick. Uh, but again, you know, we've done it forever. They, they even have a cookie dough ice cream that they sell, mm-hmm. uh, I think Ben and Jerry's, and I've bought that a few times, and I go, oh my God, this is so ridiculous. <laughs> it's good. It's, <laughs> it yeah. is. It's yummy. All right, uh, Don, uh, good to hear from you. Uh, you know, that good thing is you don't want to eat too much cookie dough and get sick, then you wouldn't be able to enjoy all the other Christmas treats. Oh, absolutely, Kevin. And you know, uh, this time of year is a great time of year just to be baking cookies, period. But you, you're right. Safety is always an issue. No matter what you're cooking, you want to keep your family safe, you know, keeping your environment clean, washing your hands, uh, not double dipping in your food. Because I saw somebody do that recently and I was just thinking, ah, no. <laughs> you know? uh, and also a good reminder, I think when dealing with candy, as you said, it can get very hot. And so maybe uh, we'd like to encourage kids in the kitchen. But when it's something like this. Oh gosh! Um, yeah. And I th- I obviously depends on the age. Uh, I think would think teenagers, if if would interested, would be able to. But yeah. uh, you know, again, when making candy, remember that you're going to have hot, 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 and uh, and be careful when you're cooking. Period. You know, it's uh, keeping the tiny babies out of the kitchen is just really uh, great because. You know, things can happen really, you know, fast. And I've read many stories. I even know a very personal story, Kevin, where somebody had an amazing tragedy because they had a little baby in the kitchen. So you want to keep your family happy and safe. And especially during the holidays, we were talking, uh, you know, on one show about even how you fry your turkeys. Do not fry your turkeys under your garage, people. (laughs) Go, you know. Really far out in the backyard, clean out a nice space, make sure there are no leaves, keep, you know, no hanging branches from your trees, because, you know, anything can happen really fast. And we want to keep all of our families safe here in Mississippi for sure. We're talking holiday cookies and candies on Deep South Dining this morning. Looking for your comments and questions. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two. 
7464. You can email the show food at mpbonline.org. We've got some open phone lines, so if you'd like to join in the conversation, we'd love to hear from you this morning to see uh, what your favorite cookie and candy is for the holiday season. So, Deborah, we've talked about two of the three things that you brought in this morning. The other one, this huge, <laughs> just big, big uh, pecan pralines that were really, um, I'm so, many, so much pecan in there was one of the things I liked about them. But uh, help us uh, go through the process there. Well, I drove all the way to New Orleans, Kevin, and I bought those and I brought them here. No, <laughs> no I'm just kidding. Uh, but it is one of my favorite treats when I'm down in New Orleans and, um, you know, I want to stop in and get uh, some Parlene's. But today I decided to uh, bring my family some. So I, I made some and it's um, it's really funny because I was the first time I made some was a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, you know, can I really do this? And it's and it's just amazing how, you know, learning new things can be challenging and scary and exciting and delicious at the same time, Kevin. So what um, we started with here is almost the same basis we did with our fudge uh, as I started with. Um, and I used uh, some granulated white sugar and we used a little bit of butter and uh, we melted the sugar and the butter down together, uh, Kevin, until it was just completely melted down. And then, believe it or not, I used eggnog for my hmm. milk because um, I wanted to do one of two things. I wanted to add a really amazing flavor to the praline, and I wanted to get rid of my eggnog. It just, you know, I didn't want to just throw it out, so we, it was a great way to use it. And after we stirred these things in together and I made sure that it started to uh, really get condensed really well and thicken up. Oh, my gosh. And it's that stirring. It's like making a witch's brew. And then I added in some pecans and coconut, uh, Kevin, and uh, just continued to allow it to thicken up a little bit. Pulled it off the heat because I didn't want it to burn. Continued to stir. And you'll see it just getting thicker and thicker. It was just really great. And I have this really crazy spoon and I dipped some out again on my parchment paper. And then you just kind of, you know, smash it into this pancake looking shape. That's why it looks so big. Mm-hmm. And um, we let it cool. And voila, quick, very, easy and simple. Very good. They were really good. Thank uh, you. Got a couple of phone calls to get to. But here's an interesting uh, email we got from Ashley my, for folks in the central Mississippi area. She said the Flowood Library gets into the Christmas spirit by holding an annual cookie contest and swap. They'll even post cookie recipes on their Facebook page to encourage participation. They have age categories. Um, let's see. Under uh, how is this? Under five, under eleven, twelve to seventeen, eighteen to fifty, and fifty plus. Uh, two dozen cookies needed for entry, and you can have three entries per family. So I think uh, she doesn't have the date, but I think if you're interested and live here in in, in the central Mississippi area, uh, you could just uh, you know Google the Flowood Library and find out about that. But I like that. That's uh, age categories from. Like I said, less than five. I, that a four-year-old making cookies—that that's good. But anyway, well, yeah. But this is a great help, way for right. mommy and daddy to put their hands on their babies and you know scoop some cookies out. And um, you know, you never know. I, I unfortunately am now in the fifty-plus category, but that's all right. So, Kevin, how is that possible? I've been twenty-five <laughs> for the like the last five years. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you know, just... uh, we talked about uh, the uh, cookie dough, and uh, is it Ditta from the Gulf Coast has called in? Go ahead. Yes. Hi. Yes, hello. Hi. Um, can y'all hear me? Sure. Absolutely. Okay. So I just wanted to dive into the cookie dough thing a little bit. So if we look at the cookie dough uh, ingredients, you know, flour, baking soda, um, vanilla, sugar, 
chocolate chips, all those things, those are not the things that will make people sick, of course. So the possibility, the item, the ingredient that can make people sick, and the reason for the rule is, of course, the, um, the eggs and the possibility of salmonella. Now, people have been eating raw eggs ever since people have been eating eggs. In fact, I mean, I grew up eating chocolate mousse, and the traditional, we made it at home, um, my parents are from mm-hmm. Europe, and the traditional form of chocolate mousse used raw egg whites. I have Absolutely. friends who still make eggnog with raw eggs. So the, the reason for this um, arising of late is because of industrial agriculture, where you have so many thousands of chickens crammed together in small spaces, and so they, they're laying eggs, and ha- farmers are harvesting them through mechanical, whatever, you know, mass methods, but they don't notice when chickens are dropping dead or sick. So I have my own chickens. I have 22 chickens. And there are also farmer's markets where you can get farmers who are small scale and who are raising their own chickens, inspecting them. They know whether their chickens are sick or not. And so I think... Personally, I eat, we use them the way, you know, the old way. I mean, we don't worry about it because we don't buy eggs from the grocery store. So I personally think if you, if you know, because if, <laughs> if a chicken, if it goes back to salmonella, and that's the risk. Absolutely. So if a chicken has salmonella, it's going to be limping around, drooping, and it might even be dead, and the industrial agriculture doesn't know this. Mm-hmm. So I think if you know your chickens and you know your farmer, I think you're pretty much okay on that. The risk, of course, also salmonella is not a fatal illness unless you have a weakened, a compromised immune system, very elderly, very small children, because really it just causes a lot of intestinal problems with mm-hmm. the virus. And a doctor could talk more about that. I'm not a doctor. So I just wanted to throw that in. All right. Great. Uh, great call. And, you know, <clears throat> another good reason to go out and support your local uh, farmer's market. Absolutely, Kevin. And, you know, we talk about that a lot here. Um, and, you know, she was talking about raising her own chickens. And, again, I'm having memories of my grandparents. And I've been thinking about them a lot lately. Uh, I even recently drew a picture of their old farm. And my mom was like, you couldn't possibly remember that because I had to be like four or five. But I know every room in that house. But my grandmother had, she, they raised their own chickens. And there is really a, a vast difference in the way um, farm-raised individual chickens, the eggs taste, opposed to industry chickens. I don't know what, what it is. Maybe it's the love, but it is, or maybe this way they're fed. But it is a huge difference for me in the way that they taste. And actually, I think I remember... Uh, um a story on all things considered several months ago. I, I think it's stress. If the chicken is less stressed out, I think it'll produce better eggs. And as she said, in the industrial setting, they're so you know crammed in there together that I think that has uh, something to do with it. We need to take a break. When we get back, we've got Sharon on the line from Gulfport. We'll get to her call and a chance for you to call in as well. We're talking holiday cookies and candies on Deep South Dining uh, this week, and we are looking for your thoughts and questions and comments at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven. 672-7464. You can send an email to food at mpbonline.org. Back with more after this.
The election is over, and the nation has selected a new president, and with it, a new chapter in history has begun. We don't know what lies ahead, but NPR will continue to bring you the best coverage from coast to coast. Listen every day. MPB Radio's local programs are available now as podcasts. Sure, you love your MPB mobile app. It streams your favorite program anytime you like. But when streaming's not the thing, say, in flight or driving on the Natchez Trace, download your favorite podcast and you've got it in your pocket. Available on iTunes or on any podcast app. Grab your local MPB podcast now. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We're talking about holiday cookies and candies this morning. Sharon's on the line from Gulfport and waited through that break for us. Good morning, Sharon. Hey, good morning, Sharon. Good morning. How are y'all doing? Fantastic. We're over here having sugar rushes this morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, get ready for this one. This is a lot of sugar. I make uh, fresh marshmallows from scratch. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And uh, I got the idea from watching the cooking show, uh, and, and kudos to y'all for sharing great cooking ideas. Um, uh, this was on the Barefoot Contessa. and uh, Oh, I so love her. her. <laughs> yeah, she made, she made fresh marshmallows, and it gave me an idea to make them for Christmas presents a couple of years ago. And, um, and I started making them with the basic recipe, uh, which is a pretty simple candy recipe of corn syrup, sugar, and water. Uh, you cook to, to the softball stage, and then you have softened gelatin. You mix a bowl and pour that hot syrup into it and whip it up and as as it cools as it whips it, it holds the air bubbles and keeps it light and fluffy and then you pour it in a pan to set up uh and the rest of it's about just uh, adding the flavor and uh, before you pour it in the pan and then controlling the stickiness as you as you cut it up into bite-sized pieces Wow. And it's a world of difference from factory-made marshmallows. I think everything that you bake at home is a world of difference. You know, it's it's like you give your family, Sharon, that little bit of love and, you know, what you think about them. And and as they are eating, they are really eating your love, you know, who you are. And so I think it's a perfect time during the holidays to put together those wonderful little treats. Because, you know, instead of me going to the mall this year, that's what all of my family members are getting. <laughs> They're getting home-baked goods, and I'm packaging them up really pretty and sending them out with lots of love. That's right. Sharing the delight. All right. <laughs> Thank you so Thanks much. Thanks for the call, Sharon. We've got uh, Mikey on the line from Mobile up next. Go ahead, Mikey. Um, good morning, y'all. Morning. Hey, good morning, girl. Um, as y'all know, um, I've confessed before that I am, well, I'm beyond um, baking impaired. I'm into the baking pitiful. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm calling to give you um, my, <laughs> I learned this from my grandmother. Um, it was a very difficult year. This is also something that's very economical. That's a serious side of it. For some people, and it's also something that is a good distraction for kids when you don't have a lot of time and you're trying to, you know, hold it down while you're trying to. For those of y'all who really know what you're doing, um, you take some. And the lady before 
I mean, it was perfect, man. I, I, I would love to be able to make my own marshmallows because <laughs> this is what is included here. This recipe is to take some saltine crackers and put a marshmallow on them and put them in the oven until it gets toasted. Hmm. And I will, I'm the oldest of seven. And um, I'll guarantee you, it will it will help you in a pinch. Now, you know, it's, it's, when you said that, I, I, I got an instant, you know, visual, but th- that, that sounds like a, something that could be really yummy um, during, especially during the holidays. And to, to, you know, add to build to that a little bit, you could take your, you know, your saltines, your marshmallows, and you can probably add a little coconut or pecans on top of that and toast it yeah, off, right. you or know, or drizzle a little, peanut, you know, or chocolate little chip thing yeah. or, or some, even some sprinkles, go crazy with it. Because we're basically talking some wars, aren't we, without the chocolate. Without the chocolate and the graham crackers. <laughs> well, yeah, without the chocolate and the graham crackers. Um, but, but it's quick, it's easy, it's inexpensive, and it's, uh, like I said, it won't hold the fort down until you, you know, while you're trying to get all the other stuff. All right. All right, Mikey. Love y'all. Thanks Love for the call. Back, girl. Thank you. <laughs> this is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio, where we're talking about holiday cookies and candies this morning. We've got some open phone lines again, so if you'd like to call in and share what your favorite holiday treat is, we'd love to hear from you. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring which is 877-672-7464. You can send us an email. It's food at mpbonline.org. <clears throat> You know, what we haven't talked about, Kevin, is making hard candies during the holidays. And this is a perfect time to do that as well, you know, because you can uh, create all of these wonderful Christmas colors and taste uh, during the holidays. And it's really simple. I used to think making, you know, hard candies was like impossible. But a really quick, uh, simple recipe. The first thing that you want to do is take a cookie sheet and you want to cover it with powdered sugar. And you want to put a nice layer of powdered sugar on there. Set that to the side. Take a saucepan and you're going to add in about a cup of water, uh, the equal amount of corn syrup. And you want to stir that until it just all the the and then, you know, it's melted down together. Add in about a half a cup of sugar and your food coloring, whatever color that you want to add. For instance, if you want to do something, let's say peppermint, add a few drops of red coloring in. And you also want to add a few drops of mint flavor into that. Let it come to a boil. You want to take your candy thermometer, make sure it's about 300. If you don't have that, simply take a glass of um, cold water. Drop a little bit of that mixture in. If it makes a nice little ball, looks like it's hardening, you know, then you're done. Pour it over your cookie sheet, let it cool, crack it up. It's a perfect way to have that extra candy during the holiday. It's quick, it's simple, and you can make lots of colors like your greens and your reds and, you know, break them up and put them in bags. It's just a nice way to have those extra little bites around the house. So uh, that reminds me of uh, bark, which is another kind of holiday uh, treat. Uh, It's usually uh, some sort of graham cracker or something. And then um, I think there's chocolate on there and you do it, but it's a similar presentation where you basically, when it's done, you just break Break off pieces Mm -hmm. of it and that that works out really well. Actually, I thought that was where Mikey was going when she started talking about using saltines because there are some bark recipes that call for the saltine crackers. And then there's the, you know, drizzling of the white chocolate and uh, then you have your, you know, for some people it's almonds. It's a great, and you know, for me, this is a great time of year to clean out your cupboards mm-hmm. because we buy things and, you know, 
during the year and they're stuck behind things. So pull it out. So you got that bag of almonds. You got that chocolate that you bought and you haven't used yet. You got that extra bag of sugar. This is a great time to just make those holiday treats, clean it out so we can start the New Year's off right. So pull that stuff out and make some candy and cookies. One, uh, my brothers and I get together for Christmas celebrations. And uh, one year my parents sent us a, a peppermint pig. So it was this big thing of peppermint, and it came with a little hammer. So, so okay. So the the peppermint was inside of the pig. Well, it was a pepper. It was peppermint shaped like a pig. It was. You Are know, you serious? And you had a hammer, and so each person would oh, then. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> it got a little messy though, because if you had if you get the hammer, the peppermint went kind of flying every which way. But that was uh, kind of fun. And actually, I still have. Uh, the hammer in my office. I have a you know shelf full of knickknacks, so that was kind of fun. But uh, but it, apparently it was maybe a colonial tradition. But God, well, we had never all had never heard of it before. I have but, never uh, heard of a peppermint pig before. That was a lot of fun. So <laughs> <clears throat> so uh, let's see. We've we've gone through the pralines and the cheesecake bites and the fudge. Uh, what what are some other kind of traditional holiday uh, treats that you can Don't think of? Don't forget about the gingerbread man. I mean, this you know everybody's making gingerbread cookies, and um, the one thing that's really great about this is that you get to again, Kevin, use some of those uh, spices that maybe you haven't used in a while, like your clove and your nutmeg and your cinnamon and your ginger. Uh, you're gonna simply take, let's say, maybe a cup. Two cups of uh, flour. You're going to add in uh, one stick of butter. You need your two eggs, and then we've got. Um, did I say our sugar? We're going to. Oh, I said that already. Okay, and then you're going to take all of these wonderful spices, fold them in together, Kevin, to make a really yummy dough. Press it out, and then have these cookie cutters that you can, you know, find everywhere now. And Walmart has the most amazing cookie cutters. Uh, for Christmas holidays, you got your little Christmas trees, you got your gingerbread man, your candy sticks. And now you're going to take your frostings after your cookies are baked and you cut them all out and decorate them. And the kids love doing that. You know, they get to personalize their own uh, gingerbread and you, you may even want to hang them on the Christmas tree. You never know. Is there ginger in gingerbread? Yeah, you can add some ginger spice into. But, you know, the thing about like clove and nutmeg and uh, ginger, you know, they're they're very uh, powerful seasonings, and especially when you're talking about ginger. So you don't want to overdo it. You want a perfect blend of all of these things in together so that it's not just overly done with the ginger flavor. And uh, from my Blue Apron experience, fresh ginger is really easy to work with to peel and to cut yeah. up and to uh, grind and dice. And <laughs> <laughs> we have one more break to get to. We'll take that now. When we get back, we've got some open phone lines, so we're look- looking for our next batch of cookie lovers to call in and share what your favorite holiday cookie or candy is. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio, and we'll be back to wrap up the program after this.
Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. I'm Kevin Farrell, the host of Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Each week, credit counselor Chris Burford and assistant professor of finance Nancy Lotter-Janderson are ready to answer your questions about credit, investing, or saving for retirement. Or call in to share your success stories of navigating the personal finance challenges that we all face. Money Talks, Tuesday mornings at 9 on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We're talking today about holiday cookies and candies. Uh, we had uh, we were talking a while ago about uh, cookie dough, and we had someone ask about whether if uh, if you make a big batch but don't need to make all those cookies at once, can cookie dough be frozen, and can you then come back and slice off more that sort of thing? So, can cookie dough the life be extended by putting it in the freezer? Absolutely, Kevin. Um, you know. To be able to, um, you know, you, even when you're buying it in the store now, you see that it's been uh, packaged and, you know, this plastic and you can cut it up and put it in more plastic and put it in the freezer for later. Uh, because if you're single like you and I, you know, I don't want 300 cookies <laughs> at one time. And so, yeah, you can take a little bit and refreeze it. Um, for later, or just keep it in a plastic tub, and you can probably keep it in the bottom of the refrigerator for a few weeks. And if you don't want to do that, you can just put it in the freezer and pull it out a couple of months from now and pull it out. But let me say this, why it's on my mind. Today, something really sweet happened when I brought the treats in. Our uh, manager here, Jason Klein, walked in and had one of my treats. And, I, and people may not understand why I'm so excited about this, because normally he passes by the food and he looks at it and goes, good job. And he never tastes anything. <laughs> so today he grabbed us, you know, one of the treats. He took a bite. The look on his face was like, you know, Santa Claus. And he came back and got more. So I'm going to be a happy girl all day today. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, brownies and fudge, I think that's uh, the way to get to Jason. So if, you, if you ever need anything, just make a batch of You should have told me that like four years ago. Right? <laughs> uh, but, uh, all right, so if you frozen, would it be a good idea then to de- defrost it in like the free, uh, in the refrigerator? To I mean, because would the ice crystals somehow mess up the baking process? Or You, you want to make sure, of course, that your cookie dough is brought to room temperature before you put your cookies in the oven, because if not, you know, it's not going to bake even. Only to mm-hmm. do that. And the other thing is, you know, we always talk about putting things in small portions. This is one of those times you could pull out one of your ice cream, um, your ice trays, put a little cookie dough in their perfect size, pop it out. You know, that's fine. Or you can put it in separate containers so that, you know, that portion size, some for now, some for later. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely, Kevin. But I like that idea is that if you could take the time to store it as individual cookie things and then all you'd have to do would just pop one or two out right. and, and mm-hmm. yeah absolutely <clears throat> let's get to these phone calls before the time expires we begin again in mobile as we say good morning to francis good morning francis good morning, <laughs> good morning. um i have a, a couple of uh ideas regarding um you know the stuff that uh, you put on popcorn to flavor it mm-hmm. they come in caramel flavor and butter flavor and all the cheese flavors 
And they're actually very, very good on hot s'mores oh. or if you roast marshmallows. Mm-hmm. But I found that uh, for things like cheese crisps and uh, the uh, the uh, butter flavor on top, the powders, you know, the stuff used for popcorn is absolutely fabulous to add a different little accent to, to cookies. All right. Oh, wow. But I just want to let you know about that. That's fabulous stuff. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much, Francis. Sounds good. Thanks for calling in. Let's go next to um, Sue in Beaumont. Good morning, Sue. Hi. <clears throat> y- y'all were talking about uh, tinfoil. You didn't mention the best product out there is nonstick tinfoil. Have you ever tried that? Oh, absolutely. It, the dull side <laughs> is nonstick side. And you can bake sweet potatoes or cookies or anything on it, and, and nothing sticks. I mean, nothing. And, I- um. I just wonder if you'd ever seen I actually wrapped an ex-boyfriend up in some of that. So <laughs> That's a great. And then also, um, you were talking about cookies, refrigerating cookie dough. I, I buy, I, okay, I, I'll admit it, I, I buy cookie dough. <laughs> At Walmart, you can buy this uh, uh, Nestle brand. So Bring have you been milk. telling everybody you've been making homemade cookies? <laughs> <laughs> Well, yes, I live by myself. I buy this nasty cookie dough, and it comes in little squares. Mm-hmm. And you can break off two or three or four pieces if you want to. And in the middle of the night, if you want a cookie, you just go in there in 10 minutes. Or nine, <laughs> and you've got but uh, then you wrap it up very tightly in tin foil to keep the air out, and it'll stay in the refrigerator just fine for, for at least a couple of months, so you don't have to freeze it. You can refrigerate it. All right. I just thought I'd throw that in there. All right. Thank Sue, you thanks so for much, the call. Sue. Yeah, I, uh, I was thinking about that, uh, that I've seen those same things where Nestle has the square, and it's uh, it's easy to make cookies that way because, again, it's all divided and it's scored, so you just have to sort of break, break those off. Break something off, and then you squeeze a little container because back. Because my, uh, my thing is with baking, although I did see a good uh, suggestion, but, you know, when we have to roll up the individual thing, it always seems like, you know, cookie A is quite a bit larger than cookie B or whatever. But with the squares like that, it kind of makes them a uniform shape. Although I did see uh, using an ice cream scoop uh, for like uh, muffins and that sort of thing to keep the the, the dough the size evenly. consistent. Right, right. Well, Kevin, anytime I'm baking cookies, I have uh, three different size ice cream scoopers that are set aside just for that. I have this really tiny one and then I have a super large one. And it does. It keeps everything consistent. So, you know, makes life easy. All right. You know, um, one recipe I wish I had, again, my sister-in-law is a great cook and also is um, a wonderful baker, and she does some great stuff in the holidays. One of my favorite things is, I'm not sure what the cookie is. It's not really a sugar cookie, but it's something that's not overly flavorful, but she... um, she has. I think she must use a pudding mix because one of them is green. There, she makes two kinds. One is a green base, and I think it's a p- pistachio. But anyway, it's a cookie, and then she sticks a Hershey's Kiss Aww. on the top of it. And so it somewhat melts, but it still holds its shape and everything, and those are very good. And then she makes the ones that I looked up uh, beforehand, the, those... Um, the seven-layer magic bars that have the coconuts and all that sort of thing that she does well with those. Um, so a lot of good cookies. But like I said, I wish I had the recipe because that the one with the Hershey's Kiss, boy, when I can just, you know. Well, you know what, Kevin? You tell her to make some extra ones because guess who's coming home for Christmas? <laughs> 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 so, I mean, just 
tell her to make her a few extra ones. You know, and speaking of cookies, I really wish Dixie Grind was on today. I went was strolling through her Facebook page this morning and there was an endless table of cookies. So I know those of you who are listening in Oxford know the wonderful chef, uh, Mississippi sweetheart and darling Dixie Grind. Good morning to you, girl. But there was cookies from one end of this six foot long table <laughs> to the other one. And I was completely jealous. So, <laughs> yeah, like I said, that's that's my challenge in the in the holiday season is to not overload on those because this stuff is always so good uh, that you want to make sure that you don't throw your normal eating pattern too far out of whack because then you've got a lot of work to do in January to try to get back to the the slim svelte uh, figure that we all we all have. <laughs> So, you know, we talked a little bit about it, but a way to get kids involved in the kitchen certainly is decorating the cookies. Uh, what are some other things that kids can do to help out? Uh, you know, of, of course, allowing them to, uh, depending on their age, Kevin, to mix cookie dough is, you know, it's it's a lot of fun. It may be a little messy, you know, but that's the whole part of it. You know, getting the kids in there, uh, letting them uh, whip up eggs for you. They're, and they're really excited. Children are really excited to help. And something that I share with parents all the time. You know, when they want to do it, let them do it. If you say no now, when they become teenagers, they're going to say no to you later. So just kind of put it into their mind that it's okay for them to be involved, put their little hands on things. You know, it's a great way for you to teach them how to measure. Let them pour, you know, the cup of sugar and let them pour, you know, a little bit of flour in it. Even if you have to, you know, have the patience to clean up behind them a little bit later. Let them do it. Let them wash dishes. Kids love washing dishes, Kevin. It is the most amazing. This kid did not like washing (laughs) dishes. That was one of the chores that we never did like (laughs) And that was just rinsing the dishes off and putting them in the dishwasher. My granddaughter wants to stand on the little stool, and I think she likes playing in the dishwater liquid. I don't know what it is, Kevin, but she really wants to wash dishes and clean them. So let the kids get involved doing little things. That's right. If you have a child that wants to wash dishes, I say send them into the kitchen. We'll see you later. <laughs> also, one other thing I would say, too, is uh, a mixer. Uh, the beaters can get go pretty fast. So, again, watch out for little fingers around that. Oh, uh, absolutely. Give them a spoon. Bring them into the kitchen, but be beware and, and, and know that there are a little bit of hazards to watch out for. That's going to wrap us up for today. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio, funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Jonas Adams, and our call screener today was Debbie Kazoff. So, for Deborah Hunter, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to stay tuned. Up next at 10, it's Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey, followed by Southern Remedy at 11. We'll be back next Sunday at 9 for a Deep South Dining. It's heard only on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.